Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, there is still one Japanese star left on the free agent market after the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Could Shota Imanaga be next? Uh, we will also talk about the Red Sox. They traded Chris Sale to the Braves. Was that an indicator that they are open for business? And is there anybody in the Red Sox bargain bin that the Dodgers might be interested in? And finally, we will talk about old friend Yasiel Puig. Could he be a fit for the Dodgers' needs in the outfield? That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to our everydayers for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Please subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. My name is Jeff Snyder. My co-host next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like a lot of you. And we've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. FanDuel.com, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And Vince, Happy New Year to you. It is January 1st, and uh, most of the time when we record, it's actually the date before we're saying it is, but today... Uh, New Year's kind of snuck up on both of us, or at least Monday snuck up on both of us. Uh, usually we're pretty good at remembering that we need to do a podcast on Sunday evening. And uh, we remembered on Sunday evening, but by the time we remembered, you and I were both kind of locked into New Year's Eve festivities with our friends and family. And uh, the good news is I suspect there weren't a lot of people who set their alarms for early January 1st to get up and make sure that we were their first listen. So this thing will go out around 11 a.m., little after 11 a.m. L.A. time. And so still time to be the first listen, I think, on New Year's Day. Yeah, if you were up early and were waiting for us, we apologize. But other than that, yeah, uh, you know, enjoy the sleeping in if you stayed up till midnight where we were at and uh, now we're here. And we're in 2024, Jeff, and spring training starts next month. We can officially say that now. And, uh, you know, it just gets you all excited all over again. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about January. Another thing that's underrated is – uh, now I know how to refer to the 2023 baseball season again, because, you know, during the season, you say this season during the postseason, it's still this season after you get eliminated from the postseason, but the postseason still gone. It's still this season after the postseason's done. Like, do you still say this season or like, do you say this year, like, uh, Mookie Betts at 39 home runs this year and, you know, and, and the longer you get past the season, by the time you're in December, like saying Mookie Betts at 39 home runs this year was still technically accurate last week, but it, it felt weird. So you start using the word season more in, or saying in 2023, but now boom, it's 24. So now 2023 is last year. 2024 is this coming year. And so now we know we say Mookie Betts at 39 home runs last year and the Dodgers will win the world series this year. And the other thing that I get excited about is we have no idea what 2024 holds, but like I think about 1988, I woke up on January 1st, 1988. I was 10 years old. Uh, I had no idea it was a special year and it was 10, 10 and a half months, 10, nine and a half months, however long it is between January 1st and late October before I found out that, oh, 1988 is going to be one of my favorite years of my life. Uh, and we, we won't know that until October 
uh, that's one of the the pitfalls of having your life uh, revolve around a baseball team that you don't know if it was a fully successful year until late October. Yeah, at least uh, in the football sense, I can be disappointed at the start of the year because Raiders aren't in the playoffs most of the time. But then I have everything else to look forward to going moving forward. So can't you be pre disappointed for twenty twenty five already in the Raiders? Uh, probably. I, I would. It, <laughs> the, the bets would say yes. Oh, uh, but you know, it's uh, it's exciting. We are going to treat this year as if it is the special year that the Dodgers win the World Series. And uh, you know what? Hopefully we'll end up being right. And it will go down in history as one of all of our favorite years. Uh, they're definitely under the right, uh, on the right track, signing Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. There still are some holes in the team. We're going to talk about the alpha outfield hole in our last segment. We're going to talk about other potential holes in the second segment. But first, one of the holes, uh, or at least they, they've filled, they plugged some holes in their starting pitching for sure by signing Yamamoto and trading for Tyler Glass now. Definitely, uh, short up their starting pitching. Some people are still concerned that they don't have any left-handed starting pitching. Clayton Kershaw coming back late in the year could be part of that. Uh, but there's also Shota Imanaga, who is a free agent coming over from Japan. And uh, he's available. And over the weekend, the Dodgers were act- actually linked to him that there's a possibility they could sign him. Uh, the report I saw said he's likely to get five years and between 85 and $100 million, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on Imanaga? Yeah, he obviously would fit the bill in terms of what they need, a guy that can pitch and and probably pitch well. And uh, in the sense of the pecking order of a rotation, you know, compared to what Yamamoto's making, compared to what Glasnow's making, compared to, you know, kind of what Otani would make in the future, not not, uh, directly, but indirectly. Imanaga would fit into, yeah, a three or four starter role, which is where he would kind of fit into a rotation right now. So for the Dodgers side, it makes sense. But, it you know, it's kind of one of those things now where, you know, Imanaga has been linked to the Dodgers, which which makes sense. You know, Roki Sasaki, who, you know, is supposedly going to ask to get posted next year, already linked to the Dodgers, you know, makes sense. There's Murakami, the third baseman, already been linked to the Dodgers. So, like, I have a feeling, like, Obviously, all these guys want to play with Otani and Yamamoto and, you know, want to be on a good team. So when they do come over, you know, my the Dodger interest is going to be automatic. But I don't see the Dodgers just going and becoming, you know, Team Japan of the U.S. But uh, but again, if the players make sense, it doesn't really matter where they're from. So Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, if he fills a need, uh, whether he's from Japan or Kentucky or Dominican Republic or whatever, you know, that, that doesn't matter at all. And the fact is he is a a good left-handed pitcher his strikeout stuff. He, he actually, you know, he's similar to uh, Yoshi, uh, Yamamoto in strikeout rate and stuff that he's obviously he's left-handed. Uh, he's older. He's uh, about four or five years older than Yamamoto, which is a big part of why his contract is expected to be five years instead of 10 years or, you know, 13 years or whatever. Um, but the, uh, he definitely with the Dodgers not needing an ace, when, when you look at what they have, uh, Imanaga could definitely, especially if they are leaning towards doing a six-man rotation, which would make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And uh, I, I saw, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was he was on with Jeff Spiegel over on one of those other podcasts. Uh, and the, the injury expert is his Twitter handle. I can't remember what his name is, but he was talking about class now. But they also talked a little bit about the idea of a six-man rotation. And he said, it only makes sense to do a six-man rotation if you have six good pitchers. 
which is kind of common sense, but also, you know, it, it's, it's pretty, I think it gets overlooked. And so if the Dodgers are thinking about a six man rotation, adding a guy like Imanaga, which then does let them bring up their, their younger guys more slowly. Uh, it, it gives them more depth. You know, people are going to get hurt. Uh, they're going to have little injuries. They're gonna, probably going to have big injuries. If anything, if we, if the past is an indicator of the future, and so a guy like Imanaga could definitely, in addition to bringing a left-handed arm to the rotation, uh, just give them, when you've got Walker Bueller, who's there's questions about how much he'll pitch, if he'll start at the beginning of the season or if they'll ramp him up slowly. Glasnow always has health questions. Uh, you know, Bobby Miller is going into his second season. They're probably not going to want him to go out there and throw 240 innings. Uh, he'll definitely, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a workhorse. But, you know, there's got there, there's so many questions about everybody, and then Yamamoto, who's never pitched on a every fifth day schedule. Uh, I, I feel like Imanaga makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers. Yeah, especially at that price, considering what's left on the market. You're, there's nobody, well, other than Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell, who you know are going to make more pro- realistically than what Imanaga's going to get. There's not really any guys you're going to give three, four, or five year deals. I mean, you get Imanaga for five years. You have three spots in your rotation locked in for five years under contract. You have Bobby Miller locked in for, uh, you know, five under team control, plus you know, everyone else that's kind of behind him. So you're setting yourself up to be already good in the future to where, you know, every other development, you know, prospect becomes a little bit of a blue chip trade prospect rather than necessarily a, a someone that's going to affect the Dodgers or if they do, you know, that, that's still a good sign. So yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, this will kind of lead into the next part, but one name that we kind of had in mind for the Dodgers in terms of a starting pitcher, you, Lucas Giolito, he signed with the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox also made a trade of a starting pitcher to the Braves and Chris Sale. Um, but yeah, the, the options for the Dodgers are going to continue to get smaller and smaller. And, uh, you know, a guy like Imanaga would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me at all if Imanaga is better in 2024 than both Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Uh, we are going to come back talk about the Red Sox a little bit with their trade of Chris Sale and signing Lucas Giolito. It seems to indicate a direction that they are taking. We are talk- we're going to talk about whether the Dodgers might be able to take advantage of that direction. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one online sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live game, live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, we're back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning and your first listen of the year, hopefully. Uh, we appreciate you everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's really easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. Remember to check out the two 24-7 streaming channels that the Locked On Podcast Network has 
on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles. Uh, whether you want the national view of the sports landscape or just the Los Angeles view, those two channels are there for you 24-7 on YouTube. And be sure to become a Locked On Dodgers insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash Dodgers. You can join our club. It's just a few bucks a month with a two-week free trial. And it's text-based, so you will get text messages from us. You know, sometimes a few a day. Sometimes we go – I don't think we texted much this weekend because it was a holiday weekend. Uh, but you'll get our insights and our thoughts on breaking news, rumors, etc. And you can interact with us, uh, reply to us. We'll get back and with you, have some back and forth. It's a lot of fun. So go, go to joinsubtext.com slash Dodgers. And with that said, let's jump into our next segment. The Red Sox signed Lucas Giolito, traded Chris Sale. Uh, seems to uh there have been rumblings that they are open to moving other big contracts uh to kind of maybe they want to reset their their uh payroll a little bit giolito was a two-year deal with an opt-out after the first year so it's not a long commitment uh and it it seems like the red sox might be open to business and so as a fans of a team like the dodgers who have some holes to fill we start looking and uh you know, anything jump out at you, Vince, of guys who might actually be available from the Red Sox and might fit on the Dodgers? I don't see much in terms of big salary guys. So Chris Cotillo had reported that at least one free agent had told him or whatever source had told him that the Red Sox told him they need to shed more payroll before they can actively pursue him more. So clearly that seems to be something they're going for. But when you look at you know what they got on the payroll there's not a lot they have money tied up into like four guys and then after that or five guys now with giolito but then after that there's not a lot the the two that stand out in terms of biggest contracts that they'd probably want to move because they're not going to want to move rafael devers i don't think or masataka yoshida are trevor story and kenley jansen jansen is due to make 16 mil next year trevor stories due to make i think he had, he's on a I think 22 mil next year uh, and has a few more years on the deal that he signed those guys i don't think they make i mean they can make sense for the dodgers but they're not a need and definitely not something i'd give up much of value for especially if you're taking on most of or all the contract yeah i guess let's talk kenley jansen first i love kenley jansen i am you know i think he's a dodgers legend uh, I don't think he is the need that the Dodgers have uh, because I, I don't think bullpen is a huge need for them. And if they are going bullpen, I think it specifically ought to be uh, a lefty um, because that is maybe something that they're they're lacking. And, and the more I think about Josh Hader, the more I think a two-headed closer of Evan Phillips and Josh Hader where they play the eighth and ninth innings matchups and you know one of them pitches the eighth, one of them pitches the ninth. Like I, I like that a lot. Uh, Kenley Jansen – I I will always love him. I don't need him to be a Dodger anymore. Uh, Trevor Story, he, the the Red Sox stole him a hundred million bucks over the next four years at least. Um, he had a five sixty six OPS last year. He had a three sixteen slugging percentage. Trevor Story's big thing. You remember when he came up with the the Rockies? He homered in the first like eight hundred games of his career. Now I think he homered in his first four career games or something. Um, and, you know, he he finished fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting. And, and he was always a guy with a ton of power. He hit as many as 37 home runs in Colorado. 
Uh, and then he became a free agent and the, the Red Sox signed him and he has been uh, pretty lousy. He had a 737 OPS uh, in 2022, which is a 102 OPS plus, which is actually the same OPS plus as he had his last year with the Rockies. Uh, so, you know, the Coors field effect doesn't always affect people like that, but for Trevor story, when he had a 102 OPS plus and then a 52 OPS plus, you, you do start to think, okay, how much of him was a creation of Coors field? You know, he's very fast. There's that. Um, he led the, the league in stolen bases in the short in 2020 season. Uh, he, he's, he's good defensively at shortstop. Uh, but I don't know if he can hit anymore. And even when he was a good hitter, he was striking out a ton. Uh, and you know, when he's not a good hitter, uh, like he had 0.8 war last year and it was only in 43 games. So even if you multiply that by three for a full season, you know, that's like most of that was defensive value. His offensive value was he, his offensive war was 0.0 last year. And I don't know that the Dodgers need to trade for a 0.0 war guy, uh, offensive war guy who's getting a hundred million bucks over the next four years, unless they're really, really nervous about Gavin Lux at shortstop. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, take the caveat that, yeah, he had Tommy John surgery, I think. So last year he came back from that and, you know, didn't obviously hit very well. We've seen guys come back and hit well right after Tommy, you know, uh, Shai Otani did it. Bryce Harper did it for the most part this year. You know, Corey Seager did it. So it's not a huge excuse, but the fact is you can make the excuse for last year, but then, you know, what about the year before when he struggled a lot uh, in his first year in Boston? And, you know, maybe it's a Boston effect too. You know, we've seen guys go to the Yankees in Boston before and not perform well, and then they go somewhere else and perform well. So you'd be banking on that. Yeah, I, I think this only makes sense if the Red Sox eat like, 30 to 50% of the contract at least. And then, you know, you're getting a, a shortstop who could be, uh, you know, a very good defensive shortstop that could maybe, you know, redefine it or re refine his swing with the Dodgers. And you're getting them for, you know, relatively cheap in that sense. And the Red Sox save about 10 mil and, and you know, everybody calls it good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's one of those where I don't think it's going to happen. I can't see it happening. It, it wouldn't necessarily make the Dodgers much better in terms of a floor, it might make them a little bit better in terms of a ceiling, but you're counting on a lot there to happen, which is one, the Red Sox eat money, two, Trevor Story to find his swing, and three, the Dodgers to be willing to make that move. Yeah. Uh, and then if you, uh, the other name you mentioned briefly, Rafael Devers, that guy can hit. And, and obviously he'd be, uh, uh, upgrade for the Dodgers offensively. If they found a place to fit him in, it would mean Max Muncy wasn't playing third base anymore. Uh, the, the, the problem is, well, one of the problems is he's making $313 million over the next 10 years. Uh, there is a big, big commitment to him. And, you know, the Red Sox would have to eat some of that money uh, if they were going to send him to the Dodgers. And it seems pretty unlikely that the Red Sox would be interested in eating money to uh, to send a guy that they just just signed to a big, long 10, 11 year extension, uh, you know, unless they were really, really desperate to cut payroll. And that's the problem. Cutting payroll, uh, it is, you know, I, I don't know. You make that commitment. And the other thing is 
Devers is worse defensively at third base than, than Max Muncy is. And uh, the, the big knock on Max Muncy is his defense. And pretty much every stat you look at, Devers is a worse third baseman than Muncy. So uh, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I want to say for the Red Sox sake, I can't see them doing that. Uh, I would hope not for, for some of the people I know that are fans of the Red Sox. Obviously, I'd love to have Devers bat in the lineup. Um, you know, defensively, I've never paid attention enough to notice that he wasn't great defensively. But, uh, I, you know, if, if it came down to it and the Dodgers had a chance again, I'm sure why not. But I don't see that happening. The only other guy out there that makes a decent amount of money, well, before arbitration and everything, is Chris Martin, who, who he went there on a two-year deal. But, again, he's kind of similar to Jansen where for what he's making, he doesn't elevate the bullpen enough to justify kind of making that trade if you don't have to. Yeah, I, I think that's right. So, you know, uh, if the Dodgers are going to make a trade to the Red Sox, it might be more on the on the fringes, you know. It uh, doesn't seem like any of these big names are going to be coming over. And, you know, the Red Sox, uh, who knows how open for business they are. You know, signing Giolito, it's, it's kind of a, signing Giolito and trading sale in the same weekend, it really does kind of encapsulate just how confusing it must be to be a Red Sox fan right now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute and talk about our old friend Yasiel Puig, who is a free agent, despite what some reports have said on the internet. He's been tearing it up in the Venezuelan League, and, you know, could he fill a hole for the Dodgers? We'll talk about it when we come back. So thanks for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. Hey, we're back. Thanks again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Thanks especially to our everydayers. Remember to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And be sure to go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers to become a Locked On Dodgers insider. You can get text messages from us with our thoughts on rumors, news, etc., and uh, just miscellaneous interaction with us via text message. It's a lot of fun. It's just a few bucks a month with a 14-day free trial, so be sure to check that out at joinsubtext.com slash Dodgers. And with that said, let's jump into our last segment, Vince. Uh, the Dodgers probably still need an outfielder. Uh, they, they they have guys on the roster. They 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 could field a starting lineup right now, but I'm not sure it's their ideal starting lineup. We've talked a lot about Randy Rosarena. We've talked a little bit about Lane Thomas and uh, Jorge Soler and, and a few different guys as options. One guy we haven't really talked about is Yasiel Puig, who played with the Dodgers for a long time. Uh, came up with the Dodgers as a rookie in 2013. Uh, they eventually traded him to the Reds. He then bounced over to the the Indians at the time. Uh, and he has not played in the big league since 2019. Uh, he had legal issues, still has some ongoing legal issues. Uh, he had he, he played in the in the Korean baseball. Um, he most recently he's been playing in Venezuela this winter and just tearing the cover off the ball. He's he's on the same team as Ronald Acuna and hitting even better than Acuna. He's got a uh, 1364 OPS in the Venezuela League. He's batting 418 with a 518 on base percentage and an 846 slugging percentage. Uh 10 homers, 18 extra base hits in 26 games. Like he is hitting really really well. And there was a report last week that he had signed a minor league deal with the Tampa Bay Rays uh, with an invite to spring training. I've confirmed that was incorrect. Uh, and, and so he is still a free agent. You have any thoughts on the idea of bringing Puig back Vince? 
Now, you know, I was a big Puig fan when he first came up. You know, followed him when they first signed him, was at his debut, um, was sad uh, December a few years ago when they traded him. So, yeah, you know, you'd think he'd be on board. It's kind of tough for, you know, someone who hasn't been in the league since 2019 in the major leagues. And we've seen guys go away from the league, have success in other leagues, and then come back and, and find success here. And, you know, that's still very well possible, uh, you know. And then realistically, if the Dodgers did go after him, it would be a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, you know, no real no real commitment there in, in terms of anything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's intriguing for sure. You know, the uh, he's on the same team as Miguel Rojas as well. So, you know, the Dodgers would have some intel there if they really were willing to look at this, uh, you know, from Miguel Rojas, a guy that, you know, we know that they trust um, in terms of you know his play, and you would imagine that him knowing what the clubhouse is like and everything else would be part of it. Because you know, from what we remember, you know, some of it a little overblown, but you know, Yasiel Puig was a polarizing figure in a clubhouse, um, and for everything the Dodgers have had the last few years, you know, regardless of of how the season turns out, you know, they've had good clubhouses overall. We haven't really heard anything or even after the fact really heard anything, you know, bad. So it's, it's an intriguing idea that, you know, obviously it'd be a cool comeback story and it fits what the Dodgers need. And like I said, he's, he's hitting well down there, even though, you know, competition is a lot different, but at the very least, whatever he's hitting well down there means he'd hit against bad pitching here or mistake pitches here, um, which is, you know, uh, something the Dodgers have had issues with the last few years is hitting mistakes. So yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued, but uh, you know, it, it would take a lot to kind of get to that point. I would imagine. Yeah. One of the interesting things about Puig is his last two years with the Dodgers, he was actually significantly worse against left-handed pitching than he was against righties. He had major reverse splits. Uh, he, you know, when he came up, he was kind of your typical splits guy. He, he mashed lefties, struggled a little more against righties. And then that flipped and, you know, I, I overall, I guess if you're going to have somebody who's, if you have to choose better against righties or lefties, you choose a guy who's better against righties just because there are more right-handed pitchers. But you know, it's not as extreme as, uh, as it is, you know, on every little league team. Um, the the crazy thing is, like, he did hit better uh, against lefties his last year in the big leagues in 2019, but that's that's five years ago now, uh, and. We don't really have access to splits from Korea or Venezuela, so we don't know how well he's hitting lefties these days. But that that would be one of the big, I think, question marks for them, and maybe that would prevent them. The other thing is with his ongoing legal issues. You know, I, I've done episodes about his legal issues. I do think they are overblown, and I think that uh, he is going to prevail in those legal issues. But with the Dodgers, you know, coming off of Trevor Bauer and Julio Urias, like, I don't know that the Dodgers would would be willing right now to sign a guy who is in the middle of legal issues. And maybe even when they get resolved, it might be something that would keep them from, from maybe showing a lot of interest in Puig. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. You know, one of the things with such, you know, the Dodgers are already a high-profile team. But, you know, with the signing in addition of Otani and Yamamoto and, you know, kind of a, a different 
global aspect to it. I do think, not that they weren't careful before, but I do think that's going to factor in a little more than it did before in terms of types of players they go after. Not types of players, but like players they go after that either have had like checkered pass or even, you know, with, you know, with, with Bauer realistically when he came down to it in terms of when they signed him, it was more of nothing legal, but more, you know, social media based and, and, you know, personality based and everything else. So I do think that's something they're going to go after. They will, you know, monitor for sure when they go into it. So yeah, it's, it's a fun story when you think about it, but realistically probably doesn't make sense. And for a few different reasons, but you know, if everything somehow got cleared or something like that, or you know, or at the very least, if it's not with the Dodgers, I hope he does maybe catch on with the team, at least get an invite to spring training, and we can watch from afar how he does and still root him on. Yeah, I'm rooting hard for Puig. Uh, he was one of my favorite players, and and obviously polarizing, and even you know, in my own mind, he was polarizing. Like I had conflicting feelings about him at different times, uh, but you know, I do think that. Uh, he is one of the most fun players we've ever gotten to watch with the Dodgers. And I hope, you know, may, maybe the, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk linking him to the Marlins in the past. Uh, it, it never really made a lot of sense to me when Don Mattingly was the Marlins manager, um, but Mattingly isn't anymore. And so, you know, Schumacher was, was he teammates with Puig? Was Schumacher on the Dodgers in 2013? I imagine he was with them one of those years. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Um, but you know, uh, it, obviously Miami is the closest team to Cuba, um, and, and you know, feels Miami has a huge Cuban uh, atmosphere. He he would feel a lot at home there. So you know, uh, I hope he gets a shot somewhere. I do think it's probably not going to be with the Dodgers, but I am wherever he signs, I'm going to be rooting hard for him. Except when they're playing against the Dodgers, for sure. I think that's going to wrap it up for our first episode of 2024, the year the Dodgers reclaimed the World Series title. Uh, 2024, start enjoying it now because we will, 20, 30 years from now, be looking back on what a great year 2024 was. And so uh, start enjoying it now as a Dodger fan. Uh, get excited about this season because it's going to be a lot of fun. you have anything else for today's episode, Vince? No, nah, good episode to go. And like, We've, you know, continued to have strong numbers uh, the last few weeks. So if you're sticking around, uh, continue to stick around with us for the rest of this year, because now we're getting close to the fun stuff. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And we will be back in, you know, like we'll, we'll be doing this again in like 10 hours. We'll be recording tomorrow morning's episode. It'll probably go up late tonight like it usually does. So uh, thank you all for making us your first listen. Uh, especially our everydayers. Thanks for being an everydayer. If you're not an everydayer, it's really easy to become one. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. Remember to check out Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels from the Locked On Podcast Network over on YouTube. Remember to go to joinsubtext.com slash Dodgers to become a Locked On Dodgers insider and get the opportunity to text with us back and forth. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Our DMs are open over there. You can also email us LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or send us a voicemail or a text message at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning. And we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.